Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 68 of Forward Pressing. Tuesday, April 19th. I am Kevin with my co-host here, Yanis. How are you doing, bro? What up, what up, what up? If I sound depressed, it's because we're recording this right after the United-Liverpool game. Um, Not a beatdown. Yeah, if you're, if you're listening to this, you must have saw the game. Um, 4-0. We considered to go after the first five minutes. And you can witness that. After the first goal, I said, this is ending 4-0, right? You can witness that? I can confirm. Yeah, I'm I'm just on point when I know how bad my team is, you know? I don't know if that's the one, I don't know if that's the one thing you want to drag, brag about, but sure. Go ahead. Go off. Hey, listen, there's a lot to brag about right now as a United fan. So, I mean, so we're going to talk about United after. We're going to talk about the FA Cup semis. Um, top four in the Prem is, is kind of tight right now. It's re- honestly, it's really tight after the top two. So we'll go into that. But there was a lot of uh, matchups that happened this past week in uh, all the other leagues. A lot of uh, interesting decision, like decisions and results. Um, but let's just get into those news. Uh, Sean Deitch sacked from Burley. Uh, he was the, I think he was the second longest coach in the in the league. So honestly, surprising to me, he was not the issue there. To be honest. I don't know. He wasn't the issue, but I feel like it wasn't eventually. Like it was gonna happen eventually. It's just a matter of like. To when. me, this kind of like almost confirmed Burnley's relegation. Just now, with like at this, when they sacked him, I think it was what like seven games left or eight games left when they sacked him. Low key, he would have been. I think he would have been nice at United. Low key. Yeah. No. No, we already have our new manager. Oh yeah, you do. He looks like him in the sense. I mean, because they're both bald. <laughs> Is that why? I mean. There's a similarity there. Um, City and Liverpool played the FA Cup game. We're going to talk about it specifically after, but um, Liverpool taking care of business there. Was that surprising to you? No. 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 The result, somewhat, but not too much. Not really. Considering, like... I mean, we'll talk about it, but just there's like there's things to consider as well. You think Chelsea have any chance in the final? Uh, I mean, that's the second final against Liverpool, so you never know. Maybe I give him a chance if Lukaku like shows up for like one game of the season. Like this is the one. <laughs> He's not gonna show up. Um, Dortmund five goals in fourteen minutes. It's so it's Dortmund man because they can get like blown out of the water by random ass team, or they could like just turn up. You know? Yeah, turn up. I mean, when Haaland plays, usually that's when it happens. Because whenever they lose, like, Haaland doesn't What play. are they going to do when Haaland leaves next season and he goes to Man City? What are they going to uh, do? Well, I mean, if he's if he's confirmed to Man City, they're saying, like, Adeyemi, the guy from Salzburg, is uh, on the way. But, um, he, I mean, he had a pretty good season at Salzburg. And that would be the first name. I don't know if they have other options, but they definitely more, they need more players than just, like, one to replace Haaland because... They always find the next guy up, though. They do find the next guy up. So that's the that. I mean, scouting, scouting was like they're, they're one of the best teams in Europe. So I'm not too worried about after that. After Lewandowski, who was it? Was it Immobile right after? No, it was Obama. Well, there was, there was Immobile, but that failed. But then also there was Obama. They had um, they had an African striker at some point. What's his name? Obama Yang? No, 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 not Obama Yang. It was like start with an R or something. I'm only the only one I can think of. I mean, hold on. I'm going to look it up actually. Talk about something. Ramos? Was it Ramos? I wasn't he Colombian. He wasn't African. He was. I'm pretty sure he was Colombian. Maybe it's possible. I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. I can't. Remember. I think. I think his last name was Ramos, and I. I can't. If I if I type Ramos and Dortmund, Ed Adrian Ramos, Colombian. Okay, that was just that was just passage because he used to play. I think he played for Berlin before. He was good too for him. Uh, he was alright. I saw. Didn't. 
Didn't Batshuayi play for them as well a little bit? Batshuayi did as well. Yeah, I think he had like nine nine goals in nine games. And I, I re- at that point, I really thought he was going to stay. Lewandowski, Haaland, Mukoko. Mukoko is still raw. He's a raw talent. But yeah, he's a... That's one for the future. Yeah. Bless me. All right. Um, but yeah. So anyways, they're going to probably find next man up. Um, not too worried about them. But that's that's a lot of goals for Bortman. Bro, that's a lot of goals. I mean, I ended up 6-1. So yeah, that was just... just, that just ra- that's just a lot of goals in like 14, what, 14 minutes? That's not Lewandowski did better though for being honest. I mean Bayern always try to level up. Now they're gonna be pissed, especially after that Champions League exit. But Madrid, did you see that game against Sevilla? I I didn't I was pissed I didn't see it. Uh I saw the highlights of it. And then I stopped when I stopped watching, it was 2-0. I had other stuff to do. Oh, you thought it you thought it was over, didn't you? I was like, dang. Madrid about to do it again. They're about to like choke. Um and then who else but Benzema? Was it like 94? Uh, Vinicius, Nacho. I know, but at the end, uh, for the winner. That was Benzema. It was Benzema, yeah. That's what I just said. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. Um, that, that's a big win for Madrid, especially for, I mean, just kind of like to assert dominance a little bit. It's like a confidence thing too, right? Like you're down 2-0 against a, a really good squad in, in Sevilla. And to make that comeback is 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 big for morale. Especially away from home. You want to talk about PSG Marseille? Yeah, a little derby. Um, I thought Marseille did better than in the past years. Like usually they, they struggle at Paris, but today, I mean, they play very well. They're they are second in the league. So um I'm I mean it's not close point wise, but you know, they got a challenge. It is a derby, so you gotta have somewhat of a of a challenge. And I mean they almost did it, except I mean some of our decisions are kind of go against their against them. And but that really, that really, that's really like you can't do much about that. Other than that, though, um, PSG another PSG win. They probably will end up winning the league once again. But I'm just happy because Marseille. I'm just hoping for Marseille to get second so they can get Champions League. I think there's I think there's six games left, and they have um they have a 15 point lead. So I think if they win the next game, it's mathematically impossible. Mathemat- yeah, it'd be a wrap. But yeah, I'm right now. I'm just focus, focusing on Marseille because they might get Champions League and they could also win the Conference League as well. Because Payet is like turning up over there as well. So that's I can't remember who they play in the semis though. Uh, but I hope they win it. Dimitri, um, and uh, Montreal Football Club. First game back at home playing against Vancouver. That was a big game. Good. It was a good. Bro, I watched it. It was a good game. But I feel like watching Montreal can be frustrating at times because like although they play very well, they have. A, Pretty like nice style of play and stuff. Like I love how I love what. I feel like we could so many easy goals this season, though. Yes, but I also feel like we missed the chance to kill teams like early once we get the chance. Like that should that game should have been wrapped up in the half. Like honestly, because we started the game really badly. Uh, the 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 season really badly. Um, we lost like three in a row, and then we've gotten. I think we're. You think we're three in a row? Three games winning streak now. Yeah, just one. We drew. We drew one, and then we won three in a row. But the win, um, they've been a little shaky. But I mean, a win's a win, and it's better than losing. And we played it. We won against good teams. Like we beat Red Bulls. Um, I mean, Cincinnati's not great right now, but yeah, they they're having a good season considering how bad they were last year. I mean, they're before last. Yeah, I guess. No, never mind then. It's still, but I did last year. They were last, so you know. <laughs> Um, but it's only been seven games, so the table is still pretty close. But it's clear, like, the best teams are, are still up there. Like, Philadelphia is still one of the best teams. 
Um, LAFC is still the, one of the best teams. Um, I think New York um, is a little bit slow to start, but they should be back at top, right? Watch out for Nashville. What, how do you feel about Toronto, though? Um, until Insigne arrives, I'm I'm not really confident. They're doing they're doing well. They're having some decent results, but they're not very like they're not it yet. I feel like there's still a lot of uh, things that could be done better. But considering how the squad is, it's I think what they're mid table now. I can't remember what they are exactly. They're they're right ahead of Montreal by one point. Yeah, so they're doing all right, but I think it'll eventually like change as the season goes. I think it also uh, we'll see, we'll have to see what Lincinia brings as well because that's going to be a big change once he gets here. At least that's what that's what you expect it to be. When is he supposed to arrive? Somewhere in July, sometime in June or okay, July. So not too far away. All right, let's hop into uh, the FA Cup talk because I want to talk about Liverpool uh, City. Um, I mean, these are the two best, arguably the two best clubs in the world, to be honest, right now. Um, the premise stacked. I mean, these two teams are just in a league of their own. So any game they play against each other feels like a final. Um, but what were your thoughts about the game? Liverpool win 3-2. Pressing, pressing, pressing. I mean, it's just fast football, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If we, we haven't talked a lot about Thiago this year, I feel like, compared to, like, the other – in the past. Like, we haven't I – mean, he's, like he's like a – he reminds me a little bit of – of Busquets at Barca, right? Like, he just does everything he needs to do and that's it kind of thing, but he doesn't get... But he's also way more mobile as well. He moves more. He's not just like, I'm staying there and I'm passing the ball and I'm not moving. Like, he's going around. He's more of a... I think he's sort of a hybrid, like, midfielder in the sense that he can play, like, all three. Like, he can play a six, to eight, and a ten, like, pretty decently, but like, pretty well. And it just shows with his quality of passing that I don't think that many players have. And... Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that we haven't mentioned him a lot this year because he's every game. I mean, he's he's had injuries, but every few games that he had has been pretty decent. Even today, like against United, he ran the show. Like he's he's got he's he's giving me like uh, I'm not gonna say Modric, but he's very similar to Modric in, in the style of play, and uh, just pass just passing uh, crisp passing accuracy. He's up there. Like I wanna I don't wanna say like top five. He's definitely top eight midfield in the world, in my opinion. I don't know if he's top five, but he's definitely top eight. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that. I'd say so. Even when he was at Bayern, like he was one of their best players. When he was at Bayern, I think better than when he was at Liverpool, in my opinion. I mean, this is what year one of no, well, he came last year, right? Oh, this is year two. This th- is year two, yeah. So he had injuries the first year. That's why I can't really recall like much of his like games. But even this year, I think he looks better than he did. I don't I don't want to say he looks better than Bayern. Because Bayern, he was running the show as well. Um, but he definitely looks good whenever he plays. Were you surprised when the game was uh, 2-0 after, like, 15 minutes? Well, I mean, this, the Stefan goal was bad. The second goal was bad. Because, obviously, it's a mistake from the goalkeeper. And, yeah, I was kind of surprised about that. The first goal that happened, like, it is what it is. The second goal was a mistake. So, you don't really expect to see that. That's unfortunate. But that's the way City plays. And, I mean, regardless of whether it was Ederson or Stefan, like, it is what it is. It's tough for Stefan. It was 2-0 really early. And then they got a third goal right before halftime. And that, at that point, 3-0, and it kind of felt it was like, all right, it's over. Okay, well, then, so, yeah, at 3-0, I mean, you, you're, you're thinking of, like, maybe there's a way. But even City, like, especially against a team like Liverpool, I don't think they have a, the, 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 the facilities to complete this comeback. Because also considering that they had a lot of injuries. Like, the Atletico game, like, left a lot of scars. Everybody was fighting at the end of that. And um, 
De Bruyne was injured, Walker was injured, and De Bruyne was your best player at the time. So not having him is a big problem. And you need Walker, especially when you play against a guy like uh, Luis Diaz, because Cancelo is not the most defensive, like minded defender, the fullback, obviously. So I think he would have started Walker instead of Cancelo. I think he would have started Walker and then played Cancelo on the left. But because of the injuries, he's forced to play Cancelo against Luis Diaz and you got Jinsenko against basically Trent or Salah. So that's like a 2v1. And it doesn't really work well defensively. But, I mean, he played with who he had to play. But I feel like he was kind of forced to make those decisions when it comes to, like, the key the key positions. And that's what led to some... Hmm? Finish your thought? Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, like, the based on the like the players that he was available, because he did have a few injuries, like that kind of plays into like how the game went. But you still you I mean I still expected them to do better than they did than they did. But Liverpool is just a better team overall. Even Konate with the uh, Konate is such a good such a good, a good defender as well. Yeah, I think he had a better game than Van Dyke against City. Better? That one, yeah, I think so too. And even the goal, I feel like he, with the attack on Titan celebration as well. That was a little as a little bonus. Yeah, that was cool. But uh, what did you think about the... Because I think it seemed really seemed like Mane was playing as the top striker and Diaz was on the wing. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. And then Mane got two goals, so... I mean, Mane's pretty versatile. He's 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 played striker before, so it wasn't much of a surprise. I mean, you would think Diaz would be the, the upfront striker and Mane would be on the wing. Now, was that standard for them? Like, nah, Diaz, Diaz is more of a winger than he Diaz is more, is more of a winger than Mane. And Mane is more of a striker than Diaz. So if they're gonna play together, most like most of the time, like more often than not, you'll see Mane's striker more playing more centrally. Because Diaz is a one-on-one type of guy. He likes to, he takes one players every time. Mane is more like going to space and stuff. Like he'll take on players as well, but not as much as Diaz. I mean, well, um Grealish got the goal, he had a good game. Um, this was probably one of his, honestly, his better games in a City jersey, in my opinion. And he was playing as the quote-unquote striker, false nine. Um, if we had to rate Lukaku and Grealish as transfer, uh, transfers, who would you uh, give the edge to? I guess the worst one or the better one? Who's the better one? I think the better one is probably Grealish, but only because of expectations were lower than Lukaku's. I think Lukaku... I think it would help back. It, it makes Grealish be look better. Sort of, but if the my, the way I'm thinking it is the, the way I'm thinking about it is that Grealish was bought mainly just because I think City didn't really need Grealish, but they didn't want anybody else to sign Grealish. No, well. because what they bought Grealish when they already were like had abundance at that position. Yeah, but if you think about it now, like it looks kind of a smart move because you need you do need the depth. And it, it does help, even though the depth only cost you like a hundred million on one player. That's the thing. It was the price tag and the position specifically. Like they could have spent that money on maybe two different midfielders. Yeah, two midfielders. A striker. Like a Haaland, maybe, you know, a hundred mil there. Not that Haaland was gonna leave last last transfer window or whatever, but you know, just like would you rather not pay a hundred mil for Grealish, maybe get somebody smaller and save that money for Haaland this season? Or you know, but not that they're running out of money or anything. I think about yeah. it too. They can afford to play now. They're they're gonna get Holland too. I think for seventy five mil. So they're they're getting both technically. So it worked out well for him. And Fernandinho, I think, or not retiring or leaving. He said. Yeah, he's leaving. He's leaving. He's going back to Brazil. Yeah, he's out. 
And I think, uh, I mean, Jesus got injured that, that game. He had to get subbed off. So, I mean, Grealish is definitely going to come in handy. Yeah, so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, not ha- having Grealish now seems like a bad move. It seems like a questionable decision at first because obviously 100 mil for, like, a play that you don't even start. But if you think about it, I think it will see more of his impact in the long run. He's, a, I think, he's more of a long-term signing versus Lukaku, who's like you expected him to like dominate now. I mean, especially since it gives Grealish time to like get used to the Pep system, um, and get more familiar with it, so that when he he is asked to play like a lot more minutes and more consistent starting eleven football, he's gonna be ready for it and know exactly what he needs to do all the time. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it takes definitely time to like adjust a new system. Um, I sort of saw, I expected him to play a little more, but not to the point of, like, being a legitimate starter at the time. Yeah. Because, I mean, City's team is just stacked, right? So, like, it's hard to be a consistent starter there unless you're, like, literally indispensable, which I don't think players are for, like, I mean, for City, they have a couple indispensable players. I mean, De Bruyne. Um, Gundogan, if he's, if he's healthy. Uh, I would say more, like, right now it's, it's almost basically, like, Cancelo, De Bruyne, Foden starts Foden starts every game. Rodri, um, like Sterling is is dispensable at this point. Jesus is dispensable. Uh, Bernardo Silva, I guess, would be more indispensable. But I mean, Diaz is is not dispensable. No, but he didn't start. He didn't even play. Uh, I guess so. Maybe he's injured or something. They played, uh, they played Stones and Ake. But, but they do they do have like four good center backs too, so they have the, the depth as well. That's the thing. Like they, in terms of depth, they're the they're I want to say they're the best. In the I mean, they rival Liverpool for sure. And the possession was like even the whole game. It was like 50-50. They each had the same amount of chances. It ended in three two, but it was all, like Liverpool had the game basically under control the whole time, almost. Um, like the second goal came like after ninetieth minute, but this is Liverpool's. I mean. You you had them as a big favorite against Chelsea. Right? Yeah, so. I think unless like I'm expecting something from Lukaku, who by the way, I he did have a good chance against Crystal Palace. Um, so I'm expecting him to do something against in the final. But if he doesn't do anything or Chelsea doesn't, I mean Chelsea plays well recently. They've scored a lot of goals, so they're in good form. But I still think like they're playing like Liverpool is a different animal. So I I do expect Liverpool to Liverpool win can win any game they want to win. It just depends on how many players they play and how rested the players are and how they want to manage their players for the next game, you know? It's so tough. I mean, listen, let's talk about the top four in the Prem because, I mean, Liverpool's at the top of the table right now, but City have a game in hand. So that's going to flip-flop if City win their next game. Um, I mean, it's just crazy that I'm going to witness Liverpool win the f- treble. It's not guaranteed. Man, it's it's seeming incredibly more likely, but top two still. I mean, we talk about the top four uh, pretty often, but every game, every every week, we have more games that happen, and the table shakes up differently. So, um, Liverpool, City at the top, obviously. I think Chelsea kind of really cemented themselves in the third position. I mean, they're they're five points ahead of fourth place, and they have two games in hand. Um, but I mean, Arsenal have been dropping points. United have been dropping points. United just lost today, big game against Liverpool. They beat Norwich, which was really close and should not have happened. But worst play, worst team in the Premier League, and we almost lost. What else is new? Up to zero. I mean, you got saved by another hat trick. Yeah, up to zero and can't hold the lead just to get just like against every other bad team. Um, 
but I think West Ham are kind of falling behind a little bit. Um, and they have Europa League football to play, right? So it's kind of tough for them, I guess, to manage their players and all the games they have left in the big games. Yeah, I think they're going all in in the Europa League and trying to win it. Yeah, I think that, honestly, for them, I think that's the best. Because no. it, it doesn't seem like they're going to get Europe next season unless, like, something happens in the next few games and a lot of people, like, drop points, which seems so, sort of unlikely because it's, it's not every week that you're going to see Arsenal, Spurs, and United drop on in the same week, even though it happened this week. Not impossible, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, United just played their, their next game today, which is ahead of, like, next week. But, I mean, we have another game Saturday. But last weekend, there was Spurs drop points, Arsenal drop points, then United United won, which was huge because it made it made top four actually realistic a little bit. I mean, we're only three points behind. We were three points behind Spurs with the same amount of games played. Now we just lost to Liverpool, so um, that was tough. But... I mean, as of right now, if you have to pick who's making top four out of Spurs, Arsenal, United, who are you picking? I'd probably say Spurs. I think that's what I said last time too, eh? I think they're the most informed. Until this weekend, they were the most informed team. Um, who do you think finishes above each other with Arsenal and United? Do you think Arsenal finish above United? I hope so. I mean, that's the, that's the goal at the end of the day. We always want to finish above United. That's that's my personal goal, just because it's you and me and you and me and you. But other than that, like, I do feel like Overall, we should be. Or even points. We're even on points, but you guys have two games in hand now. So, yeah, that's the thing. the key thing is the games in hand. I think we have. Do we have a better goal differential? I think. I believe. Uh, close eight to four for you guys, but we just lost four zero. So it used to be tied. <laughs> okay, so then, so that's re- that's recalibrated, I guess. But yeah, I'm. Um, I just, I mean, I'll give credit to Frizzy Forster because he robbed us too many times that during that game. He made a lot of key saves that literally give basically gave the point to Southampton's uh, deserved win. But I mean, that was that was a tough game to lose, to be honest. It's a tough game to lose, but like I always say, like n- us not getting a striker in the January transfer window was always going to be a problem in the long run, and now we are seeing the results of it. That's three defeats in a row where. We didn't do much offensively, or we couldn't create with our usual, usual creators, the Sakas or the guards and Martinelli's, and we have in the Smith rows, and we have like no answer, like no answer like at the front as well. Because Lacazette doesn't, I mean, as much as Lacazette is effective in the system, he doesn't do the, the what he needs to do like as a number nine or as a striker if you want if you want to be specific. And like obviously losing Partey hurts. Uh, Tomiyasu is coming back, but he's still not playing yet, and. Um, some decisions were bad in the last few games, but for, for the most part, I feel like a lot of things could have been resolved had we been able to get a striker. At least it doesn't really guarantee anything, but it gives us a better chance than what we're having, what we're seeing now. Because, like I said, isn't doing much, and Keta ain't it. You think striker is the top priority going into next year? It has to be. It has to be. It has to be because otherwise we're just gonna have the exact same problem that we're having right now. Because we're playing well, we've won many lots of games this year. We've been one of the best. We've had like a great season with coming in terms of progress compared to last season, but this is all going to go to for nothing, or well, it'll be all a waste if we can like somewhat get top four this season, even top six. But now, if you're going to go in the summer and not get a striker, that would be even worse. If you if you don't finish top five this season, is this a big? Is this? Are you hold it against Arteta? You bottle. I'd be it? disappointed. I. Yeah, but I don't think he'll, it'll be enough to sack him, especially because I don't see who else would be no, there. No, I don't think if you would sack him, but it, would that be like 
it'd be a failure of a season for Arteta. I think he would say he, it would be considering how good we were and we just suddenly dropped in the How last good season. you were and how bad the other teams around were is the big thing. I don't think anybody expected Spurs and United to take this this much of a dip in form. Well, United, yes, but not Spurs. I mean, before the season, nobody expected United to be this bad. Everybody, everybody in the top four, people were penciling in. Do you mean before or after Ronaldo signed? I mean, yeah, we got we our our transfer window was Varane, Sancho, and, and Ronaldo. I mean, come on. And then we had already finished second last. Yeah, that, but that was okay. Okay, I see what you mean. I guess the expectations were high, but clearly the the expectation was was we everybody had United finishing in the top three. It was either you finished them second or third, basically. I'd, I'd say top four. I was I'm saying top four, not top three. They were not like top two. There is no way. And then just it's Chelsea. It's a tough up between them and Chelsea, and I'm always going to take Chelsea above them. So I would say yeah. If they if you're saying that they were, everybody had them like in the top four, I'd say all right, that's reasonable. Um, and obviously that's not gonna. I mean, obviously it's kind of tough right now with all the losses that you guys taken to see yourself in the top four, and I understand that because I've been there before many times. But um, to say that like, oh, we have we're gonna have a massive season. Like Sancho was gonna be the one. Nah, not this year. Especially with Sancho not being also like used to the prem, and he's just now showing us what he can do. So I can't. I mean, really... Sancho is almost literally the only bright spot in our in our team right now. Like every game he does, he does well. He didn't start today because Ragnick said he was resting him for Saturday. Um, but he ended up coming on, and he was like the only one that was taking on defenders one on one and taking on, uh, making plays with the ball and and showed like a jolt of energy. If anything, um, it's tough. Um, I mean, yeah, I want to talk about Ragnick a little bit because I mean he. Look, listen, like, Ragnick was thrown into a terrible, terrible situation. Um, our situation has been better than what it was under Ole. It's crazy to think about, but it has been better. Has it? It has been better, yes. It's still bad, but it has been better, which is saying something. If it's still bad, how better has it been? I know, but the issue, the, the solution was never Ragnick to solve our problems and bring us uh, to the promised land of finishing top three or top two and competing with those other teams. Like, he, he, he we didn't get any players. Like he, you bring him in in the middle of the season in a in the middle of a group of players that um, aren't confident, don't want to. Some of them don't want to be there. Some of them are just there for a paycheck. Some of them are are, are already mentally checked out. Um, and we knew he wasn't. He was just interim. He wasn't the final decision. And I think a lot of players are kind of just like, when that was the case, they were already mentally checked out until the new manager comes in, and then they're gonna have to put on their mask or whatever. But that's not really the best. Like that's not really good for the morale of the team. I mean, it's not Ragnick's fault. You, are you basically saying that they're faking it till they make I it? I think they're faking it until the next manager comes in. Is pretty much what it is, and you can see that on the pitch because nobody gives a fuck. They all look. I mean, today, today you could tell like it was not it at all. I, I didn't feel like nobody, nobody cares anymore, and it's so obvious nobody cares. Um, but honestly, I love what Ragnick's done. Because what's happened is he's literally called out everybody on all their bullshit. And I'm a fan of that because I think finally we have somebody that's ready to like clean up this mess. Because um, don't forget how Ole was praising these guys in the locker room being like, oh, yeah, we have a great group of guys or whatever. And we've been losing, losing, losing everything for the last couple of years. And then Ryan comes in and just like, what the hell is happening here? This is a mess and everybody sucks pretty much. Um, so aspect of him and he said like 
I mean, you, I, I sent you the, the comments uh, from his interview where Complete he's... Complete revolution. Revolution. Like, we are, we are legitimately, like, five or six years behind Man City and, and Liverpool at this point. Like, when Man City and Liverpool, they, they, they weren't built in two, three years. They weren't just, oh, yeah, let's just sign these couple of players out right on top of the system that we had and the quote-unquote system because we haven't had a system in I don't know how long. Um, and and try to fix it on the on the fly, and he's he knows it's got to be a, re, a proper rebuild. Get a new manager in, and implement his system. Get players that fit his system. Players that want to be here. Players not on triple the wages that they that that they deserve. Um, but it's gonna take time, and I, the thing is, it's tough for United owners to be like, all right, I'll give you four years to do whatever you want without expecting top results. You know. Yeah, but that was like you're saying that it's gonna take time. It was the same thing that happened with Mourinho, Van Gaal. Like I can name you how many managers. Like it was. It wasn't. It was, never like that. It was it, under all those managers. It was we need to ta- we need to challenge for the title this year. Here's some money. Make some signings that'll make that happen. And every year they've tried the same thing. Is you're buying players to win to win now? Like Oli was here for three years and we we had no system in place for what kind of style of football we wanted to play. It was a mess. It was a complete another. So, do you believe that Ten Hag is the answer to all Munich's problems? Because I don't think he is. Well, then what's the answer? Time is the answer. I, def- I definitely think Ten Hag is part of the solution. I don't think he's like he's part of a solution, but it's hard to find. And I think time is the answer, really, because it's gonna take, like you said, if Ten, Hag, if Ten Hag fails, be you gotta be able to give him time to make his system work. It's not gonna work in year one. We know that for sure. I think no. Exactly, and I think I think that's finally what um, United fans have come to understand a little bit. It kind of feels like, like in a lot of other sports, uh, American sports, most of the time, like the NFL and the NHL and whatever, we hear the term of like you got to blow it up and then rebuild. You know, we don't hear that term in in, in European football because, um, I mean, there's no relegation, there's no draft or anything like that, right? So it's tough to just like all right, sell everybody. It's GG. We're starting. Starting from scratch, especially when you're. But there are teams that do that, though. Look at Madrid. Madrid, how many like how many Galacticos like ever have they have? Like I think three. They've always like blew up their team and then rebuild, blew up, rebuild, blew up, rebuild. Look at now, even though it's not. But they had a period of being bad for the rebuild. It's literally they just have the amount of money that they can just completely rebuild their team in one off season with a manager that knows what he's doing. Don't forget they had Zidane for a lot of this time. Yeah, but they don't even do, like, the biggest, like, uh, yeah, they'll do, like, major signings, but they don't do, like, I mean, it doesn't happen every year, right? Not if it's not every window. I mean, they've had, they've had, they've had, I know, but look, they've had Modric and, and Cruz in the midfield for how long now with Casemiro there? They've had them for yeah, how but long? Yeah, I don't think they paid much for Modric. I think Modric came on a free. I know, I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about the money. I'm just talking about the players that were in place. When you have a when you have a midfield trio like that with Benzema at the top for I don't know how long how many years they've all been together, it's really easy to just I mean look they had they had Bale that was starting, they had uh, who's who's on the right wing was it Asensio for a long time, period of time he was the starter, and then they bought Vinicius they bought Rodrigo and now those guys are the starters, you know. In the midfield they have they have Kamavinga that they just signed to replace Modric and Cruz and and uh, and Casemiro when their time is up and their time is not even up yet. And I think Modric just signed another contract recently. Or is it about? I mean, he's how old now? Thirty-five or something? Thirty-six. So yeah, I don't know how many years he has left. Maybe two. Um, but 
I mean, that's a team that knows what they want and has the money to do it and a system in place with structure. They also spend their money in the right areas. Exactly. And United have, have notoriously spent their money in the wrong areas time and time again. So that's the issue. But I think having having Ragnick available to... I mean, listen, his experience as a manager right now to offer a lot of insight into which players need to be gone. Because he said, I think he said... I think potentially only the goalie position is where they're they're fine right now, but everywhere else needs to be strengthened. And I mean, he's not wrong. We're we're bad at literally every position. He may be right, but he's also unrealistic. You can't you can't just like replace everybody but the goalkeepers. First of all, it's hard to even replace people in the first place. Like you, you're gonna I mean replacing your whole starting eleven, but yeah, like you, you, there's no there's no way he's gonna replace his whole starting eleven in one window. Like I get, no, nobody's expecting that though. Like you can you tell me like five players that are gonna leave? Sure, five players are gonna come in. Sure, but it depends on who the five players are. You're not gonna replace like half of your lineup. Maybe no, you can't replace half, but not more than half. It's hard to get more than like. He said two three players are not enough. He said to make the to make the change that United need two three players are not enough. So I'm thinking we're gonna have more players than that, and I'm thinking it's not gonna be defined names that are already well established. It's gonna be probably young players that have shown promise that have like a lot of potential that can be developed and shaped into the vision that the new manager has for them yeah but can united afford to do that anymore like can united afford to go like young promising because young promising hasn't worked in how many years i mean we haven't had we haven't signed players like that in a long time the last time we but that was like shaw what about wambisaka i mean wambisaka was not as young as as we're talking but what about pogba back in the day Pogba wasn't young uh, and potential. Pogba was established one of the best midfielders in the world when we signed him again. How old was he? Like under he was under 23. He was under 24. I know, but it's there's difference when like Mbappe is 23 and he's one of the best players in the world. He's, you know, you wouldn't call him a young uh, developing player, you know? Okay, okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. But like the young player thing of like always going for the young players every time. Go for somebody that's actually proven a proven record in the league or in the championship. I mean, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a mix of both. Um, but I think it's going to be players that fit the style of football that the new manager wants to play. And I think it's, these players are going to be given time to be used in this situation. You know, like, I don't think we would sign a Ronaldo if it was under 10 tag. I don't think we would sign um, a Cavani, you know. We'd sign a young player that has a lot of promise. But you need those type of experiences, though. For sure. And we have those type of experienced players right now. Um, which ones are going to be here? Which one, Like, Pogba's gone. Um, we talked about this before. Pogba's gone. Matic is gone. He's retired. Mata's gone. His contract is up. Um, Lingard, he's been wanting out. It's been two years. He's gone. That's already four guys. We can see Bailly. If he wants regular football, he's not getting regular football. And if he doesn't get number one, Dean Henderson too, by the way. Dean Henderson too. I, I can't see us being like, by De Gea, we're selling you. Um, De Gea has kind of been, he's had good, He's had good saves, but I feel like that's the only thing he's good at is like reaction is save. He's not really good at um with his feet. With his feet, he's not really good. He's not really good at uh, delivering the ball. Loki, if you're not Brazilian, you're not good with your feet, basically, because the only person that I've seen uh that I've seen so far, like having great passing was or is Allison Allison and Edison. Do you see what Allison did today to uh I think it was Harashford just pressing him? He just Basically, did a chop on Rashford in his own box by himself. So the composure that Brazilian keepers have is. I mean, you got that's that's. Um, I mean, I think the only, I mean, Neuer does it, but that's it. 
I guess, yeah, Nori will be. Maybe Nori's Brazilian on the inside. <laughs> maybe. We just don't know. But all that to say that I think, I think we're, we're kind of, we've all kind of come to terms with the fact that a lot of the players we have are not good enough. And a lot of those, these players need to leave. And we need a change of culture. The players that want to be here and the players that are good enough to be here will stay. I think off the top of my head, it's only Sancho that only Sancho kind of like has the play to to back up his his uh, him being in the starting eleven. Like Bruno has been awful. We he just had a new contract. Oh wow, I, that's that's rare coming from you. Maguire has been terrible, terrible, terrible. One of the worst. Lindelof has actually been way better than Maguire, to be honest. Phil Jones has been better. I told you. I told you. Trust me on that. I told you Lindelof was the good one. I told, but I, t- I said he's been better than Maguire. I didn't say he's been great. But he has been much better, honestly, as of late. But like, besides that, I mean, Ronaldo's Ronaldo is scoring the goals, but Rashford has been abysmal. Um, I look he could take Rashford to Arsenal today. Yeah, it'll be Danny Welbeck 2.0. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it's that bad. No, Rashford's way better than Daniel Welbeck. But the thing with Rashford is he needs his confidence back. But the whole team is so slumping so hard that it's hard to get your confidence back because the team sucks. Um, but I really don't want Rashford to leave. He's like one of my favorite players, but he has not been good enough. And he's been given chances and he's not good enough. So uh, it's going to be tough, but I, I'm kind of like hopeful for the future because I know Ten Hag is confirmed. I don't think they made an official announcement yet, but like Fabrizio has commented that like he said, when you see the Fabrizio, here we go tweet, then you know it's it's like 99% done. Um, so that happened, but I'm excited for the future with the players that we can bring in, and hopefully we get a complete change of culture and everything. Hey, United fans, trust the process, bro. Trust the process again. Let's do it for the year, year five now. Trust the process. It'll happen. It's going to happen. No, the, thing, the thing is, we I think this year we finally have admitted that we need a process. That's the thing. That's the thing that I'm happy with Ragnick. Ragnick has shed the light on the players not being good enough. And I think Ragnick has has shown to everybody that there needs to be a process to be done before we actually get back to greatness because we can't keep expecting to just like sign big name players and, and get back on top when we have no idea what we're doing. I mean, yeah, you need a process ever since Ferguson left. So I mean, yeah, that's question of the week, right? If Fergie's the GOAT, question of the week will end on this. Does Pep have it in him to become the best coach of all time? Because I saw I saw Jamie Carragher and, and Roy Keane have this conversation. Um Carragher was fighting for Fergie because he's seen Fergie take United from rags to riches, basically. He came in when United were nothing and he made them into what they are. And he said Pep, Pep hasn't really had that because Pep's been been smart with the team he chooses. It was Barca and then with the team that Barca had. Then it was Bayern with the team that Bayern have. And now it's Man City with the team Man City have. And, you know, Man City, all these teams that have already like really, really top level squads and a big uh, checkbook as well to go along with it and he's a top manager but you never got that you know sense that he took a team that was not didn't have that high expectations to perform above expectation he never pulled a Mourinho with Porto you know or a club with Dortmund bringing them to the top right okay I see what you mean and that does it of course that's the thing right yeah that's fair but that's always going to be a whole held against him because oh um, and not, not to mention the fact that Fergie has all the silverware to go with it, the, all the league titles and the Champions Leagues and the trebles and everything. Yeah, but if you think about it, he also like changed the way the game is played. I mean, no, not... what does Pep not have? Sorry, Pep has all Pep has all that if I remember correctly. Pep For has sure, all but he hasn't that, done no? it in the prem. He hasn't done it with the city yet, and the, the, honestly, that's the hardest task, right? 
he has he's made one Champions League final in in what uh eight years with a team that was almost a favorite like half of those years half of those years. I mean, are they beating Liverpool? I think Liverpool's getting in trouble. I, I genuinely it. think this year might be it. But I, don't, I think I think City City's got to find a way. I, I kind of want him to win it, honestly, just because I'm tired of hearing him like, "Oh, but he didn't win it with City." I mean, he hasn't. He's the league. The league is fine. He's done the league. It's super impressive that they've been so competitive in the league for so long. I mean, they spent a, f- a buttload of money as well. Don't forget. Uh, but a lot of teams are spending a buttload of money and haven't had that amount of success either. Um, but the Champions League is a big one, and I don't know. We'll see. If you, if do you think Pep can become uh, regarded as a better manager than Fergie over time? If he never wins the Champions League, if with he City. ever wins the Champions League with City, which I think he will eventually, then yeah, you have you have to put him in that conversation. I think he might actually surprise him. Yeah. If you go back and look, if you go back and look at the squad that. Fergie took to the Champions League to the to winning the league as well. It, that's it's not easy. Maybe he doesn't pass Fergie, but he's second. I always put Fergie and Wenger, but maybe I'll put Fergie, Pep, and Wenger. Now. I mean, if you look at the squad that Wenger had when he was uh, top with Arsenal, like they were good, but he he made the team perform above expectation as well. In my opinion, I think differences would be like Wenger and Fergie, like they change clubs, but I feel like Pep. It seems to me like Pep more more so changed. The game, though, how the game is played. That's the main difference. But that's still, I think it's still a legitimate argument to make that. Yes, if he doesn't, if he does win it with City, then he should be considered as close as possible to. Already, I think he's already regarded as probably top three. I think. So it is, but it's going to be interesting to see if he finally gets it. Um, that'll definitely help his cause. But I think ultimately, it's so hard for me. To see somebody overpass Fergie with all the accomplishments he has at one club over the amount of pe- the period of time that he did it over as well, um, it's not easy. That's especially- the problem as well that like you're talking about time. Like that's they don't managers don't stay long enough enough long enough to like have this amount of time anymore. It's only the, the big the good ones do. Yeah, the success isn't there. So now people, are, I mean, especially clubs are like they they get rid of managers too quickly sometimes. I mean, I. Would you say the Premier League is harder to win now or easier to win now? It's harder, definitely. It's harder. The game got better. People got stronger. It's definitely harder. I think when Fergie was winning the league, Fergie was winning the league with eighty points. Now we're we're seeing leagues being won with hundred points plus. Yeah, but then the next, the second team was like ninety-seven points. But then the second team was like ninety plus points as well. Like the year that's the year that Liverpool like fumbled, they had ninety-two, I think. For sure, but that's a huge drop off. The year of the Gerard Gerard slip, I could be wrong, but yeah, I think I think if you see a league, you know they're winning the league with eighty points. It kind of just shows how much the the competition was even stronger or close together, if anything. But we've seen like we've seen salaries and checkbooks be uh, be larger exponentially since then. That was a different time. Okay, okay. Oh, I, knew, I thought you were gonna wait till next week. For those but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna do it for this episode, episode sixty-eight in the books. Next episode, episode sixty-nine. Nice. Um, if you made it far, we really appreciate it. Thanks for rocking with us. Make sure to follow us on the social medias on Instagram forward underscore pressing on Twitter forward press pod. Drop us a follow so you're notified every time the episode goes live every Wednesday. Um, make sure you comment on the question of the week. Leave your thoughts in the comments below. And yeah, I think that's it. Peace. Peace.